Buster Olney of ESPN joins us on the Harbor One Hotline. Good afternoon, Buster. And let me ask you the question I just asked Rich Keefe. Did we learn anything about the Astros or the Red Sox in these first two games of this series that we didn't really already know? Oh, without a doubt that the Astros situation with their starting pitching is something that they might not be able to overcome. Um, I, I can't remember a situation where I've seen a you know, playoff team basically lose three starting pitchers in the way that the Astros have, you know, from, from Zach Ranke going down to McCullers going down to the other day, uh, you know, game two, losing their starter early on. And if you're Dusty Baker and you're sitting here now, um, you're wondering where you're going to get innings from. It's an open question. It's funny. A lot of teams now are using this opener strategy. You know, it used to be staffs had a long man and there, were, there was more depth. But now uh, where the Astros sit, they're going to have to rely on so many guys pitching in, um, you know, who are not necessarily trained to pitch deeper in the games. And it's going to be a real challenge for them. Well, it's funny you say that, Buster, because here in Boston, we're looking at the Red Sox staff, and we, you know, like, you know, they got like one real starter, and it seems like guys are getting the, these quick hooks, and, and, and they're kind of struggling. You don't know who to rely on. But is it fair to say that the 13 pick- pitchers for the Red Sox right now are better than the 13 pitchers for the Astros? I don't think there's any question about it, uh, you know, especially with all the you know potential injury concerns uh, on the Astros side where you wonder – you know, how, how, uh, you know, how they're going to respond. Um, where on the other hand, with the Red Sox, you do at least have the one guy in Evaldi where you feel like, okay, when he pitches, he's a guy who can give you, you know, five, six, seven innings. Um, you know, they do have some guys who seem prepared to, you know, go into the middle innings if you needed them to. If Pavetta starts at game four, uh, it wouldn't shock anybody if he were to throw four or five innings. If Hauk were to be asked to go four or five innings, he can do that. On Dusty's side, I don't know if he's necessarily got a lot of options like that. He's going to have to rely. I mean, think of it like a you know a, 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 a like a, a sprint relay team. It's almost like the Astros have to rely on six or seven guys in most of these games going forward, and that's going to be difficult because you're talking about having to rely on a soft underbelly of your staff as opposed to you know one guy like Evaldi taking on a bunch of innings. Buster Olney of ESPN. He is the National Baseball Insider, and he's with Gresham Keefe here on the Harbor One Hotline. What did you make of Alex Cora's decision to start Chris Sale in Game 1? I think it was about him trying to find out information early on. Okay, you know, what can Sale give us? Um, You know, I'm sure that they hoped that with the adjustments they talked about with him being more upright that he would be better, uh, and he wasn't. You know, I mean, he gave him something – but I think that Alex, as he moves forward now, they, they can feel like, okay, we, we've learned about Chris Sale, that he's followed the same trajectory that a lot of guys coming back from Tommy John surgery have followed, and that there is regression. And you know what? Maybe, as we saw in 2018 when they won the World Series, maybe there's going to be some spots where Sale can help them, you know, match up against uh, – uh, a certain hitter in in a in a big moment. You know, maybe it's going to be Brantley where you could call on him to get, you know, big out. But the idea that you know Sale is necessarily going to be a guy who's going to go through, go five or six innings. I, I got to believe that after what we saw the other day, that's not something Alex is going to count on. Where do you think the Red Sox turn for their starter in Game Four and Game Five if it if it's not Sale? 
Um, well, I would expect that, it, you know, the way that it came up the other day, and I was not down in Houston, but I had Dan Schulman, who's doing play-by-play on ESPN radio for the series. He said that when uh, they were doing the post-game show or the post-game wrap-up uh, after game two, they looked out in the Red Sox bullpen and Pavetta was throwing. And if you track that, what that could mean is that Pavetta potentially could be their starter in game four because that would be the the sort of schedule that you would keep if that's what you're going to do. Now, you know Alex well enough to know that if Erod goes out tonight and he doesn't throw well early and he needs to reach for somebody, he would reach for Pavetta because I think he has confidence in the other guys, but I think Pavetta potentially could be a guy to watch for in game four. And in game five, it'll just uh, depend in, in part on what happens the next two nights. Buster Olney of ESPN with Gresh and Keefe. He's with us on the Harbor One Hotline. Are you anticipating any major lineup changes on either side here for these games at Fenway Park? No, not necessarily. Because, uh, I look, the, you know, the offense isn't a concern for either side at this point. It's all about It's all about what they can get out of their pitching. And, by the way, you know, what I mentioned before about not necessarily knowing for sure who's going to start in a game five, I mean, welcome to baseball in 2021, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Where you see the Dodgers, uh, it, you know, uh, decide the day before Game Five of the division series against the Giants. You know what? We're going to go with Corey Knebel. He's going to be the guy who's going to start, and then we're going to finish with Max Scherzer for his first, first career save. Uh, you know, that's what they did again in Game One of the NLCS against the Braves. I think all of these teams are getting accustomed to this idea. of, we can stitch together 27 outs some way or some fashion. Um, I just think that some teams are better equipped to do it. I think in this moment the Red Sox are better equipped to do that with the group that they have than the Astros, and maybe the Braves are better equipped to do it because they have more innings out of their starters than the Dodgers do at this point. I Like, big picture, Buster, I, I was wondering, looking at this ALCS, there's basically one starter between the two teams that you expect to go yep. more than five innings. Like, not seven, right. but but five Will there be in the off season or the next couple of off seasons sort of this push where GMs say, why would I spend 15, 20, 25, 30 million dollars on a starter where chances are I'm just going to be doing bullpen games in the playoffs anyway? That is absolutely a legitimate question for 10,000 feet. Okay, if you look at it from above, I can tell you there's a conversation going on at 30,000 feet where people in the sport are saying, is this really a good product? Is this where we want to go? Uh, I was at the All-Star Game this year, and a uh, an officer in the union came up to me and said, hey, what do you think about the number of pitchers being used? And I said, I'll tell you what, everybody I talk to at the team level believes it stinks. They hate it. They hate the parade of relievers because, guys, we all grew up with, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Sandy Koufax versus Bob Gibson uh, with Pedro Martinez against Roger Clemens. They were the, they were the headliners. And – not only is it not great for the product, it's not great for the union to exactly your point that, you know what, um, the, the value of starting pitchers are being diminished. Teams are saying, you know what, it's better to pay 10 relievers a million dollars apiece than invest $25 million in one starting pitcher. And the union knows this, which is why I think there's going to be a conversation uh, from a very big uh, picture level of how can there be a way to restrict the number of pitchers used in each game 
Um, you know, my idea has been to say going into a nine inning game, managers are limited to either four or five pitchers per nine innings with obvious exceptions for blowouts and injuries. I think the sport's going to need it because while it's, it's a fun game for, you know, some managers and pitching coaches maybe to play it this, uh, in these moments, uh, from a product standpoint, I think it's terrible for baseball. Buster, so in a weird way, might there be people behind the scenes in the game rooting for a guy like a Max Scherzer to kind of remind everyone, a la the Giants and Madison Bumgarner, Wainwright in St. Louis, that, hey, having the stud starter who you know could give you seven innings but also could come back two days later and maybe close it out in the back end of a game for you, a la Schilling you know, in the early 2000s. Right. Are there people maybe in the game rooting that, hey, I don't care who wins, but if Scherzer's a stud, it's going to remind everybody the value of starters. I think that, generally speaking, at the team level, that people would love to see uh, in moments a return back to those days when Madison Bumgarner is the Hulk Hogan of the sport. Uh, no question about when Pedro Martinez is the Hulk Hogan of the sport. Um, and they understand why managers do what they do. They know, you know why the Rays started the opener strategy. They know it's worked for a lot of teams. It's worked in a moment like we did with the Dodgers and Scherzer the other night. But they also know it's not something that can draw in casual fans. To have a parade of relievers that no one's ever going to know or talk about, you know, 10 years from now is not something that uh, can be sustainable for baseball. And uh, this may also not be sustainable, but it's been a hell of a run. Kike Hernandez is the hottest Mm. player in baseball, and it's been so fun to watch him in the series against Tampa where if they gave out an ALDS MVP, he probably would have won it. And he's only been better here in the series against Houston. It's pretty interesting, Buster, that it seems like every couple of years there's a non-all-star that just looks like a Hall of Famer in the playoffs, and right now that's what Hernandez is doing. He's killing it. It reminds me, you guys, uh, 2015 when Daniel Murphy, it felt like he was hitting a home run every plate appearance for the Mets. He goes off. It's the fun part of October where we can all ask ourselves the question, okay, who's going to be the surprising hero today? You know, who's going to step up? Uh, and I got to believe that their general managers around baseball, maybe even within the Dodgers organization, saying, why didn't we sign this guy? The idea that Kike Hernandez uh, is having this type of success on a two-year, $14 million contract when he clearly is a player worth more than that because of uh, you know his track record. And I remember talking to Alex Cora in the spring about when they signed him, and he said, look, we want versatile guys, and we want guys who've won before. And Kike Hernandez, when these playoffs are going on, his heart rate's at 60 when a lot of other guys are going 120. And that's, uh, you know, he's been tremendous for the Red Sox. Uh, Buster, I know we're uh, we're up against it here, but the Braves have a 2-0 series lead in the NLCS over the Dodgers. Are the Dodgers in real trouble, or is this the proverbial, we got them right where we want them? Yeah, and I got to tell you guys, going into the LCS rounds, I think I got every pick wrong. Uh, as you know, <laughs> I picked the Yankees to beat the Red Sox. I beat the Rays to beat the Red Sox. Uh, so my track record is not good. In this round, I picked the Red Sox to beat the Astros, and I picked the Braves to beat the Dodgers. I do think the Dodgers are in trouble. I think the fact that they went into the LCS with their pitching kind of a jumbled because of how they were extended in that series against San Francisco could be difference-making. And the fact is, as great as the Dodgers, you know, how many great players they have, they're not as good as they were last year. Their offense is not as good. They don't have as much margin for error. I think uh, Max Muncy getting hurt 
uh, on the eve of the playoffs was absolutely devastating for them because in the middle of every you know pass through the lineup, he would always throw out a great plate appearance. He would stress the opposing pitchers. And to not have him, I think, is uh, is, is going to hurt them in this series. Uh, Buster, thanks for the time. Do you do you try to avoid Rob Bradford over there at Fenway like we do? You know, like a guy who looks like he's homeless walking up to you wanting to talk baseball? You know, I, I, I do. But, you know, we've known each other for so long, I, I just have to put up with him for a few minutes, and then I can move on. <laughs> kind of like us here at yeah. WEI. There you go. <laughs> hey, Buster, thanks for the time again. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, sir. Okay, guys. Take care. Thanks, Buster. And we got a little dig at Bradford in there Perfect. from Buster. Perfect. I'm-